Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome to Andy Staples on three. We have a national championship game and it took two classic semifinal matchups to get there. Jesse Simonton, welcome aboard. We just watched Washington survive Texas and I thought I thought it was going to be just a disaster and like another Mario Cristobal, Miami, Georgia Tech situation. Like, why didn't you take a knee? You lost this. Well, you, we still can talk about that. They lost the starting running back by not taking a knee, but they did survive. They are going to play for the national title against Michigan. Hold on to your butts. Hold on, Hold to, on your butts. to your butts. As I John mean, in the chat what? puts it, all Big Ten final. What? What a just. We had what a great day of, of of just of classic football, Andy. It was just we got two awesome, awesome games, and they weren't the prettiest games. There was tonight's game was a little more, uh, you know, thrilling in terms of some of the passing and, and and the fireworks that we got. But you know, these games have such ebb and flows. The swings are so big, they're so long. People forget that just a lot of times it's just being able to hold on, to weather the storm, to get to the next play, to fight the next down. And ultimately, Michigan and Washington did that better than Alabama and Texas. Well, and Texas just seemed done, absolutely done. And then they came back to life because Washington didn't want to run clock. Like, I I don't understand why Washington didn't want to run clock. It, It was like watching the Peach Bowl last year where Ohio State wouldn't run clock. Yeah, I mean, the, the decision by, whether it was DeBoer or Grubb, both of them, 
you know, not to run and force Texas to burn the timeout uh, on that third down in the red zone when they were going to kick a field goal to go up, you know, 10 points there. And then not just kneeling it out. Unfortunately, Dylan Johnson then gets hurt. So Texas doesn't have to see 30 more seconds get burned off the clock. That's a complete reprieve for them. Uh, but they survived. And this is, it was a great pair of semifinals. It kind of delivered on, I think, the expectation going into today, Andy, that a lot of folks thought that this was going to be the most competitive two matchups we'd seen. And it delivered. And I still think, I still agree with what I said earlier, where it felt like all four teams that were in this bracket could win the national title. Like, I, there there was a, a way to play these games where you have an Alabama-Texas national title game. But Michigan came back, Washington held on. And this is, I mean, this is what everybody wanted. They wanted fresh blood in the national title game, and they're absolutely getting it right now. Uh, my old friend Ari Wasserman is having a heart attack because it. this is a stars don't matter national title. Remember, they, there's some stars. Well, there's not. There are some stars. You know, what this is, you know what this is going to do, though, Andy? It's going to specifically recalibrate. I think especially from Michigan's perspective, it's going to recalibrate how we look at some of the roster evaluations vis-a-vis versus the pure blue chip ratio, but with the transfer portal and kind of how you actually reassess what those guys are when you get them to what they are now in the present. Because Michigan both has a roster full of developmental NFL players, plus they've supplemented the team with guys like Josiah Stewart, who on the final play of the game at the Rose Bowl you were at, blows up a five-star offensive tackle and Jalen Miller had a and Miller had an RPO where if it's a yeah, good let's, let's snap look at this beautiful video of, of the yeah, final play a, a good snap and he doesn't get blown up he could probably throw it out to Williams here and it might be a touchdown instead the play gets blown up he gets tripped and Michigan's going to the national championship for the first time in 26 years yeah. Well, Leon in the chat, playoff committee proven wrong. He's a Florida State fan. Actually, Leon, the one in the two seed won. So I don't think, I, I believe they were actually proven correct. So I don't think that proves anything. Now, maybe they were no. wrong about putting Florida State ahead of Georgia. But. Yeah, I was going to say, if, if you know the one team that's kicking, that's really kicking themselves right now watching this, I think tonight are certainly. Is, jo- is Georgia. Yeah. Because uh, they, the path was there for them to pull off the improbable. You and I were together six months ago talking about how hard it would be to actually reap, you know, three peat that no one's done it since the thirties. The path was there, but they didn't get it done. And that's why we have new blood. And that's why we have Michigan, Washington in what should be an unbelievable game in Houston in a week. I can't wait to see it. I, Though I am still trying to process because this just happened that Dylan Johnson won't be playing in this game. Pro- well, maybe he will hope I'm hoping he can't. It looked bad though, and if if that's the reason he can't play, it, it, again, I, I say this about Kalen DeBoer all the time. Like I never disagree with anything he does. I disagreed with that. Like that's the first thing I saw where I was like, that's not the right move right now. Well, he, had, you know, it was funny because I I think all four st- in in both in all in both these games, all four staffs and fans of these teams could quibble with some of the decision making. Uh, yeah. that they made it's it's you can always second guess hindsight 2020 i understand all that 
um, but specifically like for Texas and Washington tonight. You know, DeBoer, basically, they're up 13, and suddenly they pass four straight times, and they get really cute with it. A couple of, like, yeah. you know, semi-trick plays, and that almost seemed to, like, wake Texas's defense up. You know, yeah, Texas funny defense was suddenly, like, inspired by that. They get they get a stop. They roar down the field, and suddenly they're back in the game. It, it's just kind of funny that it's just it, – the, the decisions of these – again, the games are so long. If you just wait for it, you have a chance to take it. Well, and I think – you know, when they did that, the way they'd been playing all game, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bail Kalen DeBoer out on that one because the way they've been playing all game is they had just been slicing and dicing Texas's defense. Michael Penix had thrown for over 400 yards at that point, and it was like, all right, throw the dagger here and just be done with it. Like, and I think that was the point. It, 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 we'll see. Kalen DeBoer hasn't gone to his press conference yet. I imagine that's what he's gonna say when he gets asked about it. And if they'd done that, we'd have been like, yep, Kalen DeBoer. That was the right thing to do every time. But, you know, I, and I understand like that the personality of your team is to attack downfield like that. So I'm not going to kill him for that. And again, they did win the game. So it's not like it's not like the Ohio State Georgia situation where Ohio State let Georgia back in the game. This was. You know, a, it was tight. <laughs> there was a play in the end zone, but Washington won and they are headed to Houston, Michigan. I tell you what. That is just an epic last three minutes and overtime. I, I was down on the field for all of the, the major action there at the end, and I'm standing right there as they go for fourth and two on the 33. And, and you knew this was it. Like, this had to be it. And they flip it to Blake Corum, and he, he said after the game, he's like, I saw that cornerback, and I knew I could get the corner. And then he roars past him, and – it felt like that woke up Michigan's offense because they, you know, JJ McCarthy just kind of marches him down the field, a little easy flick to Roman Wilson for that touchdown. And the, the two runs by Blake Corum in overtime were just classic, epic, exactly what you expect from Blake Corum. Yeah. I, I mean, I wrote it, you know, you wrote kind of an inside, you know, scoop of, of, and everyone should go check out it on three about, about those final minutes and, and kind of, what that meant for Michigan. I wrote it. I wrote a piece uh, and on three kind of looking at the macro perspective. And this has been Michigan versus everybody all season. And I think this was the culmination of that, Andy, that togetherness, that, that collective effort that no matter the adversity, it's been mostly off the field noise, but tonight it was actually for the first time this season, they faced true adversity on the field and they answered, they proved their medal. And it was Blake Corum coming up, with you know his 25th touchdown of the season, it was Stewart blowing up the play. Uh, you know it, it was a rece- it was a couple receivers who had done nothing all season. You know catching the first touchdown of their career. That yeah. Basically, Alabama punches first. They go up seven nothing. Boom! Michigan answers right back. How about, and how this about Mason? Was a sloppy- Mason- yeah, Mason Graham yeah. in overtime submarining the entire offensive line and taking down Jason McClellan oh. for a loss. Like oh. their right. stars showed up. For sure. And then, like you said, some guys that we didn't know about showed up too. Yeah. And this is, you know, it's, it's funny because again, to, to speak about Michigan's roster and what you, you kind of tease about Ari and, and kind of the, the blue chips uh, deal that he's kind of dealing with. This is a team that somehow is full of NFL guys, Andy, and yet it's still kind of like a whole is, is greater than the sum of its parts. 
Mm-hmm. You know, they have they do have the stars in Corum and McCarthy and some of the other other guys, but it still feels like such a it's just kind of a one team deal. Yeah. And and now they're a win away. And they've they've somehow survived every distraction, every offseason drama. This has been a team that's constantly been in the headlines. And yet 2023 seems to have been defined, at least in my eyes, this college football season about Michigan versus everybody. So why wouldn't it go all the way up until the national title game? And I think that's an interesting point you bring up about how many NFL guys Michigan has because their best guys are old. They are going to lose a bunch of guys to the NFL after this season. That's a, a, probably a lot of the reason why there's the hard body of the NFL chatter. But they have a – like we've talked multiple times already about who you bring in. Five stars. Stars matter. I think what you put out in your program is more important than what you bring in. You still You do have to bring in good recruits, and Michigan recruits well. Let's let's not lie. I mean, JJ McCarthy was a five star or a high four star, depending on what recruiting service. Mason Graham at. was a four yeah. star. Yeah, right. Exactly. They're, you're talking about a lot of really highly ranked recruits, but they have developed the really highly ranked recruits and some guys who weren't into NFL draft picks. And like Jim Nagy, when we were at SEC Media Days, we saw him and he said he thought there might be 17 draft picks in the 2024 draft on this team. Like that's a, that's a lot, even against like, even a team like Alabama, where you have a bunch of guys who will eventually play in the NFL. They're not going to have that many this year. Well, Harbaugh, yeah, I mean, remember Andy, it was, everyone laughed and kind of scoffed when Harbaugh said that this Michigan team could, and he said would break Georgia's record from two years ago. of I believe 17 NFL draft picks. Or it was something yeah. around that number, and and now they're a game away from the national title game, and and you know we're a couple months away from the combine and what have you, and and they just might. I mean, this was, you know, it was it's crazy because Michigan didn't play its best game. They made all sorts of mistakes: the special teams miscues, the you know the drops, the 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 inability to convert on third down, uh, and yet their staff. I think credit to Jim Harbaugh, credit to Sharon Moore, Jesse Minter. They were able to adjust uh, accordingly and, and kind of make the necessary changes in the second quarter that allow them mm-hmm. to get out front. And then, then in the fourth quarter, you know, after Saban and kind of his guys had kind of pushed back, Michigan made the correct adjustments again, and, and it proved the difference. And, and that's the medal of a good team. Well, they got to get that punt return cleaned up before the national title game that about killed them uh the one in the first quarter and then the one at the very end of the game nearly became a safety which is just incredible and yet they still won that game so jesse if you would like to go to the national title game there is a way it will cost you because those michigan and washington fans they're ready to go to houston but if you want last minute takes the national title game let's say you're a michigan fan or a washington fan who wasn't quite sure until tonight that you were going to get to go Go to the Game Time app, download it, use the code Staples. You get $20 off your first purchase. Type in CFP National Title Game. It will show you all the tickets that are available for the National Title Game. You can click on that ticket. It'll show you the vantage point you would have inside the stadium if you choose that particular seat. Couple taps, the ticket is yours. Uh, Game Time has the easiest way to get sports tickets, comedy show tickets, theater tickets concert tickets you name it it, if it's sold out they've still got it and you got zone deals and you got section deals they're they have a lot of ways to get you these tickets you want 
So go to Game Time, download the app, use the code Staples, $20 off your first purchase. They got national title game tickets. So if you want to go to Houston, I'll be there. JD Piquel will be there. You could be there too. Go to Game Time. All right, Jesse, let's talk about this game. Let's let's talk about Washington, Michigan, because I think if you watch the first three quarters of Washington, Texas, you are thinking, who oh boy, Michael Penix against this Michigan defense, that Michigan defense that terrorized Jalen Milrow on Monday. Can Michael Penix do this to Michigan's defense? Well, I wrote before the game, Andy, I thought, you know, I thought one of the kind of pressing questions for this particular game, Texas, Washington, was which which secondary was going to prove most susceptible. Muhammad got dinged up late for Washington, but but the Huskies held up on the back end. And Roma Dunze, Polk, and McMillan are just a load to deal with. They they those are not Bond, Burton, and kind of the receivers that Alabama was throwing out there today. That, that Michigan went up to. I love right. Sandra still. I think Johnson's great. Um, but it would it, it would be naive to suggest that, that Michigan is just going to bottle up these guys because they've been a top five defense all season. This will be their toughest test. It's going to be a strength on strength. Um, you know, it was. I think it was notable, Andy, that the Joe Moore Award winning offensive line uh, of the Huskies were at least able to neutralize Sweat and Murphy. They got stoned at times. They got blown up on a fourth and one. We, we didn't lost, see Sweat know? and Murphy much in the second half. I, I think yeah. that they were – Washington may have been a bad matchup for them because they got, Penix they, was getting they, rid of the they, ball so fast, they're getting tired. Right, and 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 again, but in Washington, Washington really wasn't. You know, Johnson only averaged when he was in the game. I think like two point nine yards per carry, uh, but it was enough. He just fell forward enough, and that I would assume that's going to kind of, you know, be the game plan uh, against the Wolverines. I mean, Penix was surgical tonight. I think we, we it would behoove us to at least spend a minute or two on him and just kind oh, yeah. of a masterful performance. He had some throws that were just. Uh, I mean, you talk about it was like Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games. You know, like <laughs> yeah, shooting the arrows, shooting arrows. Yeah. Yes. I mean, just darts, just unbelievable darts. He had that throw late uh, to, to set up Polk down the sidelines. That was that was a phenomenal throw. And he showed, you know what? It was also interesting for the first time, really, since he was at Indiana. He kind of showcased a little athleticism. They kind of used his yeah legs. the design the design uh, runs for him late in the game which was were interesting. their their best run game. They, they and yeah. he has that in him. I mean, who remember the twenty twenty Penn State Indiana game where he comes he, right he dove in the end zone, dives for the two point conversion. I mean, yeah, yeah, he's got that in him, and I think it's one of those things where they're probably not doing that to protect him because he has had three season ending knee injuries. And I think that's, that's the part you worry about with Michael Penix, but he's been healthy for two seasons now and he's held up. So I, I think, you know, you look at it now and, and you probably feel a little more comfortable running him. And in this game where look, it's all or nothing coming up, you're going to run him. And I think having that option available to you makes that offense open up quite a bit more. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
You know what's you know what's a, a, not to take us on a little side side detour here, Andy. But I think you know what's going to be a very interesting narrative for you down in Houston mm. uh, with all the continued scuttlebutt with Jim. How you got at? You wrote it in your column tonight. He got asked about his future. There's all sorts of you know the rumors are running rampant about the Chargers, yeah. the Raiders, what have you done? Ye, I tweeted out tonight. I understand you have Sharon Moore on staff. If Jim Harbaugh leaves for the NFL after the national title game, my first call if I'm Michigan is Kalen DeBoer. But why, why are you leaving if you're Kalen DeBoer? You, you can win the national title at Washington. You can, but you're getting you're in the, you, you're you in the might, same league as Michigan have, next year. You might have an even better avenue w- with Michigan's resources well, if they're right, willing me, to let, invest. I just think me, it's an interesting storyline. Well, it's let me let me throw out. this at you. Regardless of what Jim Harbaugh does, whether he gets an NFL job or not, if you are the Chargers, if you are, well, we don't know if the Bears are going to open up, but it sounds like they, they might not now. But if you're the Commanders, if you're one of these other teams that we're talking about with Harbaugh, why don't you call Kalen DeBoer? You could. We we did, that, that's absolutely that would absolutely be a very interesting avenue. Uh, thus far, we haven't heard of his NFL interest, but I I I don't discount that being a a a shrewd hand for an organization the dude went yeah. everywhere it doesn't Kaylin matter where he's a maximizer I, of talent but he's not known as a, a great accumulator of talent which in college football still seems to be a, a a major skill but in the nfl you don't have to be an accumulator of talent being able to maximize talent is the skill no that hey look at that that see that 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 that's a great you just gave Michigan their, their talking point right there. No, yeah. not Jim no, it's Harbaugh. Him. Not, it's him, him. not him. <laughs> yeah. I Well, listen, I think college football would be much more fun if both of them are back at these schools next year. So hopefully that's what happens. But uh, Kalen DeBoer has just been amazing, his rise. And we had him on the show earlier this year, and he was talking about you know, how he got to learn as the head coach at Sioux Falls and the NAIA. And it wasn't in front of hundreds of thousands or millions of people. And so he went through a lot of those situations as a young coach. And, and you know I, how I always say, he it feels like situationally he's almost always right. He's he's an old head coach when you think about it that way, even though he's not an old coach. Right. Right. And again, Sioux Falls, NIA, NAI, and then what he did, you know, uh, with Indiana as their OC to take over Washington that was a team that – you know, under Jimmy Lake, almost seemed like it was having a mutiny. Oh, yeah. In one they were, year. They were in, going down fast. Yeah, in, in, in one year, he completely turns around the trajectory of that program. Now year two, uh, you're in the national championship game. What a run. What what also, you know, pour one out for the Pac-12 here. Yeah. Uh, now, like, okay, well, let me let me ask you this. That while, we're, while we're on this subject of, of what happens after, what if Washington wins this thing? Do you celebrate it all if you're the Pac-12, or do you just lament what could have been if you hadn't completely screwed it up? Or do you celebrate if you're the Big Ten? Like, I was talking to a Big Ten executive earlier today, and they said, well, you know, if, if Michigan and Washington win, we're not going to pound our chest about it like the SEC would if Alabama and Texas win. I'm like, why not? Why not? These are your teams. No, you, no if Washington wins, Andy, we're, we're, it's the Will Smith Y2K. <laughs> you, you're 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 busting it out like the world's about to end, and like the world because the world has end for ended for you. It's over. You, you're going out with a bang. 
You yeah. know, what was whether it's whether it's Will Smith Y2K or REM into the world, that's that's how you that's how you're so, celebrating. So you're saying right? George Klayafkoff and company should just just loot the Pac-12 offices and exactly. take take back what exactly. Like, if he's if Klyavkov's there, does he like go up on the stage with them? <laughs> how does that even work? Yeah, I that they should tell him to just go take a seat. <laughs> the Willennium, yeah. Oh my god. That is, it is amazing to me. If you think about this, the Pac-12, you know, this is only the third time the Pac-12 has made the the college football playoff. This is the second time they've made the title game. They've not won one. What a way to go out if that was it. But, like, here's what I do. If I'm Oregon State and Washington State, I send my athletic directors. So I send Scott Barnes and Pat Chun to go up there with Washington and collect the trophy. They're like, no, 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 this is ours too. We got it. We got it. The league, the league of champions, 2023, 24, the, the, the two pack is taking it. What do, back. Think, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Uh, I mean, just initial thoughts of, uh, you know, the opening line there, four and a half to Michigan. So yeah, our friends at FanDuel have, have come out with an opening line, Michigan by four and a half, 55 and a half is your total. I, I think that seems fair. I, I, because I look at that Michigan defense and I think, there will be less time for Penix to throw than he had against Texas. And I think it's a better secondary than he was throwing against, against Texas. And I also think Michigan's offense is going to be a little more diverse. And I think they're not going to, if they're having success running the ball, they're going to keep running the ball. Yeah. Unlike Texas tonight, which was again, I, I, we teased it or I touched on it earlier, you know, in the show, uh, for the live viewers that may have missed it, I, I thought it was kind of a strange decision by Sark- Sarkeesian to, to not lean on Baxter uh, and those guys. They were averaging around right around seven yards a clip at, while Quinn was only completing about 50% of his passes at that point, and yet they were continuing to kind of rely on that passing game. A.D. Mitchell and Xavier Worthy really were kind of absent until late. They had, well, they weren't even really getting you know touches, and so – I think you're right. I mean, Michigan, Sharon Moore, well, we saw that against Penn State, Ohio State, uh, you know, held most of the, the 12 games for Michigan this season. They were going to rely on that run game. No Donovan Edwards really tonight. You know, he was kind of completely a non-factor. But Blake Corum, man, I mean, he just – he's a big game player. And and he showed yeah. up. He You know, he said it afterwards. He, he was not in this position a year ago because he wasn't healthy. He was here tonight. And, and he delivered and that, you know, his vision and his ability to kind of his balance uh, to score that game winning touchdown that proved the difference that that's going to be, you know, on this on full display Monday night in Houston. Yeah. Talking to the Michigan offensive lineman about that play, uh, Ladarius Henderson, the left tackle. He saw it all. Uh, uh, Trevor Keegan said he didn't see it. He was in a pile of bodies, but he heard the roar of the crowd. But, but Ladarius Henderson saw the whole thing, which is like this incredible jump cut into the hole and then he spins out of a tackle from Terry and Arnold. And then before he even stops spinning, he starts to spin again to get out of a Kool-Aid McKinstry tackle and then falls into the end zone. It was one of the most incredible runs I've ever seen. It was, it was, and it was, you know, uh, I, I, would we, would we be remiss Andy to not circle back and maybe have a couple comments on Alabama here? Yeah, I, I we definitely need to talk about them. I, I. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice 
the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I wrote before, as part of my preview, one of my pressing questions was which Alabama team would show up? The one that we saw against Georgia um, or the one that we've seen kind of for most of the 2023 season, which was, you know, up and down. They had some highs, they had some lows, but they were extremely inconsistent. And it turns out that is the one that we got. And I also wrote, I thought some folks – uh, we're kind of running with the narrative that suddenly Alabama had kind of found themselves against Georgia. They gained 300 yards in that game. Jalen Milrow came up with some huge plays. We talked about that. He was an act, a, a complete X factor. But it was not like the offense had suddenly solved all of its woes. They gained 250 or 260 tonight. He puts the ball on the ground. You know, they could not block Michigan up front uh, consistently. They They also, Tommy Reese, went away from the run a went to the run game too late right and then went away from it and i think that proved costly well and they were getting stuff out of justice haynes where he he just is is a more explosive back than anybody else they have in that backfield and it felt like they could have used him a little more it also like the the center quarterback exchange seth mclaughlin was was back with the low snaps which we i don't think we saw that much against georgia and we didn't see it at all yeah and, and, and you talk about Milrow, and, and there was a lot of times he didn't see blitzers coming. Like there was one where they, they blitzed a linebacker, you know, straight through the B gap. And it was one of those where the line, every lineman was occupied. It was completely on the quarterback to take the sack. Like you, you, you know, there's a hot guy out there and it was a dip. It was CJ Dupre, the tight end. And he didn't even see any, he didn't see the blitzer. He didn't see the hot. And but I think a lot of that was he was bending down to catch the snap almost every play. And like you are putting your head down and then bringing it back up. And that fraction of a second, that especially against a defense like Michigan, they're going to be on you. And that was a huge, huge factor in the game. Well, and, and, and it just, it, it's just an added issue for a quarterback that already has accuracy concerns mm-hmm. you know specifically on intermediate throws and he had a lot of throws right, they, that just went into the side they hit maybe one short. yeah there was one throw to bond late in the game that that looked like what they were doing against georgia other than that it was the back to the Dinkin bomb and yeah they never hit any of the bombs no they didn't and 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 you know milro came up with some big time design runs but at other times he was just running for his life you yeah. know and it was just – I think Saban is going to be kicking themselves that even despite all of that, despite all the issues, they're up by a touchdown. They should have won the game. He has his defense on the field. Yeah. yeah, he has his defense on the field, and they couldn't get a stop. Yep, they they should have won the game, and it was very poorly played. And and But Michigan will tell you that they had some plays that they want back. I mean, like I said before, the two punt return mistakes were crushing. For Michigan missed PAT missed field goal. Yep. Yeah. So like if they clean up the special team stuff, I think that's gonna be very helpful for them in the national title game. Uh, you know, Washington is, they're not going to make, Washington's not going to make a lot of mistakes. So you can't do that. 
against them. Like this Alabama team, we've seen it make mistakes all year. So what we got was a mistake-filled football game. But I thought Michigan, just the way they came together at the end, and I, I do think that fourth and two conversion on the 33-yard line, I think it's 319 to go. It's a little dump off to Quorum. He gets the corner. It it woke that offense up. And I think because they had to go, they had to go faster, it allowed them to not have what J.J. McCarthy called that paralysis by analysis, which he was talking about last year against TCU. But I do feel like they had that somewhat offensively on Monday. Yeah, but it allowed them to play. I mean, because by then you just got to go for it. It's 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 all you know whatever it's all gas no brakes you know to to, to quote Steve Sarkeesian you just it's you have no choice you got to go for it uh, you know who the Michigan's special teams coordinator is Andy um it's not Connor Stallions no it is it's Jay, it is, it's Jay Harbaugh one Jay Harbaugh yeah oh, yeah I, yeah you know so while while they're celebrating tonight with with big old glasses of whole milk um I, I think. Uh, he may be getting a stern talking to from uh from, from old dad know, old from old dad there that yo yeah let's clean up let's clean up that stuff let's let's throw up something that's that's very satisfying for a lot of the people who watch I know uh it will be very infuriating for some other people who watch but I I think the the, the satisfied crowd is going to outnumber tonight um the SEC has been eliminated from national title contention. Only the second time since 2005 that the national title game will not feature an SEC team. The other time was, of course, the first college football playoff that noted Big Ten matchup in the national title game, Ohio State versus Oregon. <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, that circles back to uh, I think the team that's really kicking themselves tonight are, are the Bulldogs. Um, the fact that they lost in Atlanta, you know, in the first week of December last month that I, I, all of FSU's opt-outs, whatever, notwithstanding, I think Georgia was one of the four best teams and the way the schedule played, the way that the way that the whole deal played out, they were just unlucky this year. And almost every other year in the college football playoff, even if they lose that game, they probably get in, but they didn't this year because we had the undefeated teams. And, and so that's where we're staying. JW in the in the chat says this feels so much like Pistons versus Lakers. It's uncanny to me. I'm not, is he talking about 04, which the Pistons won, by the way, against the the Shaq Kobe Lakers, or is he talking about the Bad Boys against the Showtime Lakers? It, either way, either way, it works. If you're saying you think Michigan's going to win, but it is a it is a clash of styles that I am very excited to see in this Michigan Washington game. But would Michigan be the Lakers in this? In no, this Michigan's the scenario? Pistons. They're, Michigan's absolutely the Pistons. They're the Pistons as a as 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 a physical tough football team, but they are absolutely the blue blood. Right, but this is the the Lakers are the Showtime, and the, and Washington's the smooth, silky offense that just flies okay. down the field. So I think that's that's where the analogy. It's a good analogy. Um, Antoine in the chat: If Michigan gets one big time wide receiver, it's over. Y'all better hope and pray Michigan doesn't find anybody in the portal for next year. Antoine, most of these Michigan stars are going to be in the NFL next year. They got to do it gonna now. going to be nine and three next year. Yeah, yeah they got to do this This is now. a title or bust season. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it is not to say that Michigan's going to just suddenly be bad. It's that they have no. an incredibly special group of old players right now. Yeah, everything's culminated to this. That's the whole point of Michigan versus everybody. That's why, you know, uh, Jim Harbaugh has kind of harped on the whole notion of chasing perfection. 
the, the, the whole season has centered around this special group of guys that has been there since the 2020 turnaround. They've now won three straight Big Ten championships. You beat Ohio State three times. The mission, the mission for Michigan is to now erase kind of some of the, the questions and, and, and issues that they had against Georgia and TCU. They did that tonight against Alabama. Now it's about, you know, cementing this special season with a championship. Yeah, and it just it blows my mind. So they're going to play 15 games this year. Six of them, Jim Harbaugh didn't coach. That's still wild to me. Like, I will never forget being there at the State College Airport waiting for their plane to land as the Big Ten suspension of Jim Harbaugh is coming down for three games, which means he's going to miss the Penn State game and the Maryland game and the Ohio State game. That happened seven weeks ago, Jesse. Now, I, I again, I mean, I wrote it. It's It's been just kind of a, a season uh, of distractions and kind of just, you know, drama for this team, and yet it hasn't derailed them yet and i don't think it will um and 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 no matter really honestly Andy, no matter what happens against washington at this point none of that none of the connor stallion stuff none of that stuff matters it's gonna be 60 minutes between the white lines one game and and whatever happens happens you're exactly right and this is i mean a season that started with the pac-12 disintegrating and the big 10 getting bigger now ends with a big 10 team against a future big 10 team. And one of the stories of the, of the college football season and Washington, I think is emblematic of this era of college football too, because without the transfer rules, Washington, isn't this right. Yeah, I mean, they're, you got one of your key receivers as a transfer. Dylan Johnson is a transfer. Obviously, your star player, quarterback Michael Penix, is the ultimate transfer. Um, you pluck a couple guys uh, defensively, and then you do what Washington's done really for the last two decades, which is you have a couple dudes on the defensive line. Yeah, and yeah they have always and, you know that that's yeah. that is there always there's always money in the banana stand is there are always dudes on Washington's defensive line and uh especially Trice Braylon Trice ZTF like they're fun to watch well Jesse we got a national title game we got a matchup we had two classic semis and we've not had a situation yet we've had classic national title games last year we had two good semis that resulted in a terrible national title game. I think we're going to get two great semis that lead into a great national title game. I think that's going to happen this time. It would be a one for one. It's been a, it's been a one of one season. So why not, why not close it as such? That's right. We'll have more about Michigan and Washington. We also got to talk about Nico mania dawning in Tennessee, the end of the Brian Ferentz era at Iowa. We'll do it all on tomorrow's show. We'll see you at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday night. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, It's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first 
$5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 43342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York.